Welcome back, friends, to Watch Closely, a weekly show where we take a closer look at the world of movies, television, and what's streaming. I'm your host, Jason, and let me tell you, hope is not lost today. It is found. And you might notice a slightly different vibe today because today is a sad day because, well, it's a happy day, but it's also a sad day because we're missing our beloved co-host, Ernie. And that's because last week, him and his wife gave birth to a sweet baby girl. Congratulations to them, and I actually got to hold her. Super cute. I wish them all the best. So he's in dad mode this week. And uh, yeah, if you guys want to send him best wishes, definitely tweet at him at Watchable Tweets or his personal handle at Journey underscore J-O-U-E-R-N-I-E underscore. If you want to send him a message, I'm sure he would love it. But congratulations to them. Um, Super happy for them. Like the baby is adorable and uh, healthy baby. So yeah, so you're stuck with me this week, but we have some really cool news to go over. Thank you everyone for joining us. We have some casting news about Christopher Nolan's new film and the live action Snow White, as well as some new trailers for Morbius, The Book of Boba Fett, and A Boy Called Christmas. And then we'll answer some of your Twitter questions and we'll wrap it up. So if you guys have questions or things you want us to talk about, tweet at us at Watchful Tweets and we might have your question on the next episode. So we'll see. So yeah, today should be a fun time, so let's get right into the news. So first up, we have Christopher Nolan's new film. It's a biopic based on J. Robert Oppenheimer, um, his role on the Manhattan Project and developing the atomic bomb. And so we actually have some casting news that Robert Downey Jr. and Matt Damon are joining the film, alongside with Gillian Murphy, who's playing Oppenheimer, and uh, Emily Blunt, who's going to play Oppenheimer's wife, Catherine. So it looks like Robert Downey Jr., he's going to play Louis Strauss. And kind of the villain, I would say, he's opposite Oppenheimer in a lot of ways because he doesn't trust Oppenheimer. At one point, he thought he was a Soviet spy, and he's the one that famously got Oppenheimer's security clearance revoked. So it'll be interesting to see Robert Downey kind of play sort of a villainous role because he's all he's always such a likable guy. So it'll be really interesting to see how he plays, especially opposite Gillian Murphy, because both of them are great, great actors. Um, I love Gillian Murphy in uh, Peaky Blinders. Great show. And he does a great job. But, you know, he's also been the Scarecrow and many other things. And then we have Matt Damon, who's going to be playing Lieutenant Leslie Groves who was involved in the construction of the organization that eventually became the Pentagon. And he's also involved in the research initiative for the atomic bomb. And the thing that kind of got me excited about this is these are, these are real people that they were alive not that long ago. Like there's pictures of them, there's videos, like these are people that are well-documented. And so I kind of did a deep dive into what the story was about. And this is basically the race to beat the Soviet Union for nuclear power. The U.S. was wanting to maintain political power, and the Manhattan Project was kind of a, an answer to the Soviets building nuclear weapons to maintain that power, basically. But it's, yeah, man, I'm excited for this project because this is back in a time where there was no computers. They didn't have internet back then. It was just basically men playing with explosives on a crazy scale, right? So the subject matter alone, I think Nolan has a lot to play with here. And this is going to be his first Universal picture since Memento because he's been working with Warner Brothers for all his Batman movies and Interstellar and all that. So this is going to be filmed in IMAX and I think 65 millimeter. And then it's going to be released July, hopefully July 2023. So 
It looks like he's really swinging for the fences here. Got the stacked cast. He's got some really interesting source material, and I'm really excited to see it. So, so that's the first bit of news. If what do you guys think? If you guys have thoughts on this, comments, tweet at us at Watchful Tweets and let us know what you think. All right. So our second piece of news: Gal Gadot is actually in talks to play. I think she's like in final talks to play. The Evil Queen in the live-action Snow White remake for Disney. And she'll actually play opposite Rachel Ziegler, who's going to be Snow White. And this is a live-action remake. It's probably going to be Disney Plus or like directed theaters. It's directed by Mark Webb, who's famous for his 500 Days of Summer and The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, but the interesting thing I thought was the music's actually... There's going to be music in this, and it's actually going to be written by... Benj Pasik and Justin Paul, who did the music for La La Land and The Greatest Showman. And I, I love The Greatest Showman. I thought that was great. So I'm interested to see if Gal Gadot is going to have a, have a number to sing. Because I don't think in the original animated, the Evil Queen had anything to sing. It was mostly like Seven Dwarves and Snow White. But this one, I'm thinking Gal Gadot is going to sing. And that's pretty, that's pretty cool because she's actually, I think she's actually sung before. In, uh, I think it was the Wreck-It Ralph sequel, Ralph Breaks the Internet. And she did pretty good. So my bet is we're going to get a singing version of Gal Gadot playing quite quite a villainous character, which is, you know, opposite of what we've normally seen her as in Wonder Woman. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, how, how well she can play kind of a villainous role. <laughs> Just like Robert Downey Jr. Good guys are playing bad guys. Changing it up. I'm excited to see what happens. What do you guys think? Do you guys think that... That this is a good choice for playing the evil queen? Do you think you'd cast someone else? Let us know in the Twitter comments if you think this is a good choice or you think you would have cast someone else. Who would you have cast? Let us know. So that's our bit of news for the week. Let's move on to our see it or our skip it section. And the first trailer up this week is Morbius. Do you need a doctor? I am a doctor. I should have died years ago. People all over the world have my disease. From here, to find a cure, we have to push the boundaries, take the risks. If you're gonna run, do it now. People are strange. Dr. Michael Morbius? You've been missing for two months. When you're a stranger. Then you were found on a container ship that washed up off a long island. Faces look ugly. What did you do to yourself, Doctor? I wish I knew. I went from dying to being more alive than ever. It worked. Not exactly. I have increased strength and speed. And some form of bat radar. What else can I do? So the synopsis is a biochemist, Michael Morbius, tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease when his experiment goes wrong. He inadvertently affects himself with a form of vampirism instead. <laughs> so this is starring uh, Jared Leto as Michael Morbius, and we have Matt Smith in there, Jared Harris, Michael Keaton, um, Corey Johnson, and of course my favorite, good old Tyrese. That guy has been to space in the last Fast and Furious. Um, I'm curious to know what you guys thought. For me, it was a mix. Like, I thought it was kind of meh because 
I felt like we've seen the the superhero origin story done before. Um, the effects were cool. Like I like the echolocation, how it looked, and uh, it's funny in this trailer he actually says bat radar instead of echolocation. I guess some people didn't understand what echolocation was, but yeah, the look of the character itself is a little unsettling. I would say like he doesn't look cool. He looks kind of gruesome the way his batness comes out. Um, I will say like the moments I really liked were the the parts of fun, the parts of where they weren't taking it so seriously. Like there's a moment where uh, at the very end, they're like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Venom. He's like, I'm just kidding. I'm Michael Morbius, which is great because that brought some life to it. That brought some like fun to it. And I think they need to lean heavily into the fun aspect, like uh, what Marvel is so known for, right? Like lean into that Marvel fun. And I think it will be more of a good time. I feel like they're trying to do a more of a dark kind of Batman. Like there's even scenes where like, He's surrounding himself with bats, and it looks just like the Dark Knight, and you don't want to copy that. Come on, guys. The The other interesting part is people were saying on Twitter there's pieces of all three franchises scattered throughout here. So, I, like, we have three iterations of Spider-Man with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, and now the uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man. So I, I'm wondering, is this going to confuse the audience? Because, and maybe it'll make sense after Spider-Man No Way Home, but... It feels a little sloppy to me that they're just kind of throwing everything in there. It's like, here, you want some Easter eggs from all three franchises? Let's just throw them in. So, I don't know. We'll have to see what they're doing. I don't know if they actually know what they're doing at this point, but I hope they have a plan, and I hope they uh, execute it well. You know, The one thing I, I think it would be kind of fun to see is if the Blade movie comes out and we actually get kind of like a battle between them. Because, you know, Blade's the vampire hunter, and I know he's not... Morbius is not like an official vampire. He's kind of someone who acquired vampiric powers. But it would be great. I would love to see Blade and Morbius like face off. Like that'd be super cool. So for Morbius, for me, I would say I'm kind of, it's a skip it for me because I feel like this is a little overdone. I feel like we've seen this before. And I'm not super sold on Jared Leto being... The superhero, like I, I really, it left a, his performance of Joker really left a bad taste in my mouth. And so I, he hasn't redeemed himself quite yet. I'm probably going to see it, but if I, if I had the choice, I'd probably skip it. Like, it's just not something I'm looking for. It didn't, it didn't hook me like, like Shang-Chi or something did. So for me right now, it's a skip it, unfortunately. But what did you guys think? Did you like the trailer? Are you excited to see it? Are you still on the fence? You're still waiting for some more footage? Let me know. Let me know on Twitter what you think. And, uh, yeah, let's move on to our next See It or Skip It, which I was actually really excited for. And this is called The Book of Boba Fett. Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. I'm here to make a proposal that's mutually beneficial. Why speak of conflict when cooperation can make us all rich? What prevents us all from killing you and taking what we want? If you had spoken such insolence to Java, he'd have fed you to his menagerie. Please, speak freely. 
So on the sands of Tatooine, bounty hunter Boba Fett and mercenary Finnick Shen navigate the galaxy's underworld to fight for Jabba the Hutt's old territory. So this is actually really cool in my opinion. We got some pretty cool footage of basically the the next chapter or the next saga of uh, Star Wars right now. We got John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Robert Rodriguez. These three guys are killing it right now with Mandalorian and now the Book of Boba Fett. And it reprises the role of, I'm going to say his name wrong, but it's Tamara Morrison who plays Boba Fett. He was in Mandalorian for a couple episodes. Just a great, like, fun time, great character. The thing that really excites me about the Disney Plus Star Wars series that we've seen so far is that Robert Rodriguez, Dave Filoni have such a, they're, they're so, such big fans of the Star Wars property. And you can really tell by this trailer, like there are so many Easter eggs and like creatures that are not only in the previous movies, but like in the books and super nerdy uh, deep cuts. And you can tell that in all the interviews and all the behind the scenes when they're talking about it. Like, they just love this stuff. They grew up on this stuff. They want to tell compelling stories. And I think Mandalorian has shown that the direction that they're taking it is really good. So this actually feels like an extension of that. And um, Finnick actually has her origin in The Bad Batch. I don't know if you guys have watched The Bad Batch, but that is actually going to have direct implications to Finnick, the character in The Book of Mandalorian, which I thought was really cool. And she's played by ming Nan Wen. And um, she's, she actually had an interview where she said they were filming this during COVID. And she said it was actually two weeks before the crew actually found out that they were actually filming the Book of Boba Fett instead of The Mandalorian 3. They thought it was going to be season three of The Mandalorian. They're like, no, this is actually going to be a separate series. So that, to me, tells me that this is just a continuation of the stuff we love in Mandalorian. It's just going to expand the world. And I'm excited to see what... Filoni and Robert Rodriguez and Favreau bring to this story because it's taking place between the return of the Jedi and Mandalorian two or season two. So we're getting all that backstory that we haven't had before. So the book of Boba Fett is set to release December 29th, which is actually coming up pretty soon. And it's going to be on Disney plus and I'm excited for it. Um, it's a see it for me, but what do you guys think? Are you excited for it? Or are you not excited for it? Tweet me your thoughts. I'd be interested. All right, moving on to our third see it or skip it. We have A Boy Called Christmas. You may find this hard to believe, but long ago, nobody knew about Christmas. It started with a boy called Nicholas and a summons from the king. I'm asking you to go to the very edges of our kingdom and bring back a spark of magic to give us hope. I'm going to Elfhelm to find the elves, Mika, to bring some new hopes to the world. Such a fool. Everyone knows there is no such thing as elves. You ready, old friend? Born ready. You can talk. And I can fly as well. No, just kidding. No mice can fly. That would be absurd. It's a dangerous journey to an elf elf. Under the moon. Past the sleeping giants. Up the pointy mountain. We'll get there. I know we will. Nicholas! Hold on, we got... ordinary young boy called Nicholas sets out on an adventure into the snowy north in search for, of his father who is on a quest to discover the fabled village of the elves, Elfhelm. Taking with him a headstrong reindeer called Blitzen and a loyal pet mouse, Nicholas soon meets his destiny. 
So this is coming to Netflix, and I'm assuming it's going to be around Christmas time. I think it's November 26th. Now, this is directed by Gillian Keenan, who also directed Monster House. And it's based on a 2015 book by Matt Haig, which I don't, I don't know the author, but it's not new material. It's based on a book. And I don't know. I, do you think there's too many Christmas movies right now? It feels like every year we have more and more Christmas movies. And Netflix, you know, they're notorious for, they had that, was it Jingle Jangle last year and uh, Klaus, which Klaus was actually pretty good. But I'm wondering if people are a little burnt out on Christmas movies or it, it just renews every year like they're just excited for it. Um, I know HBO Max has a another Christmas movie coming out called 8-Bit Christmas, which I haven't seen the trailer for yet. But I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a little on the fence about this one. I'm excited to see Maggie Smith again. She's still got it. She's It's funny because Maggie Smith, I know her from Hook. And they actually aged her up in Hook to look like this 92-year-old lady. And now she's reaching, like she's getting close to that with 86. And they look, the makeup that was done in Hook and her currently, like she, it was pretty spot on. Like they got it pretty good. <laughs> but she's still killing it. I, I love seeing her and stuff. She's got that charm to her. Just makes me want to watch her performance. Kristen Wiig is also in there. Joel Fry, which we love. Sally Hawkins. Toby Jones. Jim Broadbent's great. I don't know what he's playing in this. Father Vodal says he's playing. Um, but he's great. The newcomer in here is Harry Lawful, who plays the young boy, Nicholas, which we haven't really seen him in anything. The last thing he was credited for was the TV miniseries of Les Miserables. And uh, I say he did a pretty good job in this trailer. I feel like if he if he pulls it off, he could probably get a lot more gigs, in, especially in the Netflix realm. Seemed really likable. And he's having to work with like a lot of like like the, the mouse and the reindeer. They're all they're all computer generated. So he's having to play off of basically, you know, ping pong balls and like set stages. So he did a really good job. And I for the you know, for those reasons, it would be interesting to check out. So I'd say to see it, but I don't know if the audience needs another origin story for Father Christmas, because it feels like the mythology is getting quite confusing because we have a bunch of these kind of reimaginings of where did Santa Claus come from? Where did the elves come from? Like, I mean, it's all make-believe. It's all made up. But do we need it? I don't know. Uh, so we'll see. It, the cast is not too bad. And the fact that it's on Netflix is going to make it really easy for people to just pick up and watch a fun Christmas movie. My defaults will still be Charlie Brown Christmas and uh, The Grinch. The Grinch is great. The cartoon and the Jim Carrey one are both great. Elf has become a classic. Even Die Hard. Die Hard's a good Christmas movie. Um, so yeah, let me know what you guys think on Twitter. If you guys are down for this Christmas movie, are you fine with having new Christmas movies every single year? <laughs> or are you sick of them? Let me know. So that wraps it up for our See It and our Skip It section. And now we're going to get into a couple of Twitter questions that we found. And the first one comes to us from at Black and Super. And they ask... HBO Max is offering you $100 million to shoot your own short DC comic series. What are you going to choose? And I know right away what my answer would be. Definitely Batman Beyond. So if you guys don't know, Batman Beyond came out in 1999 and it ran for a couple years. And it was basically a reboot or a retelling of what would happen after Bruce Wayne. Like who would take on the mantle of Batman 
and it's it's such a cool series bro like i totally recommend it like batman beyond is kind of dc's answer to iron man because he's got a high-tech suit all these gadgets on it he's got invisibility cloaking you can like listen through walls and like all kinds of cool gadgets but it also keeps that grizzled old bat batman bruce wayne and i thought you know if we're doing a live action batman beyond i thought michael keaton would be perfect for older bruce which is funny because now he's gonna reprise his role in the new flash movie so we'll get to see him but i would love if that sparked kind of a a new renaissance of the batman beyond I think it would just be the the coolest thing to see in a live action form. I know that right now they're kind of focused on the rebooting of the new Batman, but oh man, if if it were me, that's what I would do. What do you what would you guys think if you could basically do any DC property and shoot your own short DC comic series, what would it be? Um, but yeah, great question at Black and Super. Thank you for that question. So our next question comes from at Blu-ray Angel. And he says, what do you think about Christian Bale's Batman? And dude, for me, great Batman. It's probably one of my favorite Batmans. That's like favorite people that have portrayed Batman. Despite, you know, the gravelly voice that everybody makes fun of. But I thought he did a great job. I thought the Dark Knight is still one of my favorite Batman movies. The most realistic, believable, up until this point, portrayal of how Batman could become Batman. You know, he had the gadgets. He had some amazing, like, stunts where he... (laughs) He flips the semi-truck, and he had the bat cycle do that crazy thing off the wall. Um, Very techy, very gadgety, and I just loved... Like, even in Batman Begins, I loved how he starts off where he has to face his fears with the bats, and that kind of helps shape him as a character. Definitely one of my favorite Batmans. I'm hoping, you know, the Battison, Robert Pattinson's portrayal is just as grounded and just as likable as Christian Bale's version. I think Christian Bale does the best Bruce Wayne we've seen. And even even his portrayal of Batman is pretty solid. So that'd be my answer. But yeah, thank you for the question. Our next question comes from at William Bibiani. And he says, what's a cartoon character with your energy? Now, this is an interesting question because I I feel like other people around you might be more qualified than you yourself to kind of pinpoint a character that has your energy. Um, But I was thinking about it, and if I were to pick uh, one cartoon character that really spoke to me, especially as a kid, I would say it was Darkwing Duck. Dude, I love that series. Darkwing Duck is a fantastic cartoon. As far as, like, my childhood goes, I loved... I watched that series, like... Like, it's just got a positivity to it and a fun to it. You know, he's... His tagline is, let's get dangerous, but it was never really dangerous. It was more kind of just fun antics. I loved the family aspect to it. Like he's the father figure to everyone around him, even though he's uh, very wacky, very zany. Um, And I also loved how he broke the fourth wall. Like he would always kind of look at the camera and say like different things. And there's a part where he actually, the cartoon himself denies that the animators actually created him and Jim Cummings actually doesn't voice him. Does kind of that meta like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm me. (laughs) So it kind of have it breeds a life of its own, and I, I thought it was a really creative cartoon, and I just identified with the fun personality of it. So that'd be my answer. What do you guys think? What characters do you relate to yourselves? And I wonder if you were to ask somebody, who would they say you are most like as far as your energy? So great question. So our next question comes from at Green Lobby, 
and they say, you wake up as Spider-Man, what's the first thing you do? That's a great question as well. So you have been bitten by that radioactive spider and now you are Spider-Man. What's the first thing you do? For me, I would say I would love to just spin a web. You know, any size would be fine. I would love to, <laughs> and I would, I would love to just like tie up a criminal. It'd be crazy to just shoot some webs and like tie someone up and then like hang them up for the police to find. I thought that would be pretty cool. You know, I'd probably do that and then I'd make a hammock size spider web and probably take a nap. That'd be me. Definitely uh, climb some walls and maybe swing from some buildings. I'm not really around giant skyscrapers, so I'd have to go out there and find it. But yeah, man, imagine the possibilities. That'd be really fun. A great question. Thank you again for all your Twitter questions. It's really fun to answer them. Let's move on to our final section, which is recommend it. And I only have one recommendation this week, and it's actually Ted Lasso season two. I'm almost finished with season two, but here's the thing. When I watched season one, I thought it was a great season, but I was really not sure where they're going to take it in season two. And I wasn't sure if I was going to like it because I thought maybe they'd keep playing on the same themes and the same uh, kind of tropes as the last season. But man, season two is a great season. I think that there's a lot of new and interesting things that it delves with. Like this season deals with depression and loneliness. There's pride in there and like the importance of like a support system around you. Characters that you you get to kind of know more on a deeper level and it just kind of expands what happened in the first season. And I mean, people loved it because it won a bunch of awards. I think it won like seven Emmys. I know season three is coming out in 2022. So if you guys are looking for a good show, it's a very happy, positive, like you walk away from an episode feeling good. You don't feel like that weight of the world crushing down on you at the end of this, you know, at the end of an episode. So it's, you know, very positive, very heartfelt. I definitely recommend that show if you haven't watched it. And the second season definitely is a great season. So yeah, that's what I recommend. So that pretty much wraps it up for today's episode. I hope you guys had fun. I know it was kind of a different episode and Ernie will be back hopefully next week or the week after. We got to give him some time, you know, in dad mode. He's got to, you know, I'm sure he's going to be great. He's going to do great and we'll check in on him. But definitely if you guys want to send him some some love, tweet at him. And uh, yeah, that wraps it up. If you guys had fun, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter at Watchful Tweets. We'll be back again next week for another episode. But thanks again for joining us and we'll catch you guys in the next one.